Welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette coming to you the day after primary day. And we're going to quickly bring on our next uh, great guest here as we process the uh, what we know so far and what we still don't know about the results from primary day and early voting and the in-person vote in these consequential New York City primaries. And that's David Friedlander, who we welcome back to the show who's a contributing uh, writer at New York Magazine and Politico Magazine. David, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. Um, So you've been covering this mayoral race uh, just so, so well and so interestingly and blending, you know, reporting with just such great um, you know, capturing of moments and, and narrative uh, writing that's been such a joy to read uh, throughout the race, and uh, it's much appreciated. Um, the, the last piece you did, I believe, before primary day was a pretty, uh, pretty in-depth and pretty tough look at Eric Adams's career. Um, recap that for us now that he is the very clear leader in the votes that have been tallied so far as we head towards absentee voting, counting the absentee votes and the ranked choice runoff that will follow. Um, recap that the general gist of that piece on Eric Adams in terms of what you think, you know, voters should know about the person who may very well be the next mayor of New York City. Well, um, you know, first, thank you for those, those kind words. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun to cover this race. And I'm, I'm, it's very gratifying to hear you say that. Um, but, you know, Adams, Eric Adams is, is someone who it seemed like he was sort of careening towards becoming the next mayor of New York. Uh, and, and somebody whose, like, whole story, I think, wasn't really told. Um, and, and it's a really kind of, I mean, he's he had quite a run, <laughs> quite frankly, um, you know, starting as this police officer, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the 1990s. Uh, in which he sort of then became a police reformer um, and, and sort of saw himself as like sort of enemy camp within the within the police department, um, ran for Congress, arguing that the uh, incumbent uh, was was insufficiently supportive of, of Louis Farrakhan, um, uh, joined, it was elected to the state Senate, um, you know, in, in, in 2006, quickly sort of ascended to, to the leadership uh you know, or at least sort of became close to the leadership in the state Senate. But during a time where it was a really kind of dark time uh, for, for Senate Democrats, they were out, out of power. There was you know, a lot of just chaos and corruption. Uh, two of the leaders that Eric had served under went to jail, still in jail, frankly. He was close to both of them. A few other members uh, went to jail, um, you know, and then and then sort of became Brooklyn Borough president, um, where he, if you go back and look, I mean, you know, this is sort of the first thing you do when you work on a big story, right? Is you go back and read the clips, uh, mm-hmm. and all the stories about him uh, as Brooklyn Borough President were all kind of like they all about just sort of nutty things, either nutty nutty things that he did or um, nutty things that he said, um, and there was nothing about anything he had actually done, which is unusual. But it's also really unusual when you're like trying to become mayor. You know, you would think you would just do a couple of things and it turned out wouldn't have that much impact, but it would sort of show people that you were serious. You would sort of set up a kind of city hall in miniature or something. He didn't really do any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so what I did is, you know, I reached out to them uh, to see about sort of participating in a profile. They weren't interested. Uh, so then I just picked up the phone and started calling people who served with them in the state Senate. And um, they were really alarmed, I'd say, at the prospect of him uh, winning the uh, mayorality. Hmm. And why were they why were they alarmed? I mean, this gets at sort of the, the gist of a lot of the narrative that you thread in the piece, which was, you know, sort of some of his relationships and some other uh, question marks about his decision making. Yeah, I think they were alarmed um, because, yes, he, he, he seemed to sort of always be playing fast and loose with the rules Um it's at a time when the you know Senate Democrats in Albany were sort of trying to um, take the majority, he seemed very focused on his own agenda, and, and even seemed to be kind of working with the Republicans. I don't know if we really need to get into the whole you know legislative battles of the past here, but but he like took a committee chairmanship uh, mm-hmm. when the Republicans were in control, which sort of signaled to people that you know he would be with the Republicans on on, on tough votes. So he sort of played fast and loose with the rules. He, he sort of seemed to you know, have questionable associations, uh, bad judgment. But something that something, somebody said to me that still sort of sticks to me, sticks out with me, is a former colleague of his said he, he couldn't operationalize anything. Like he couldn't figure out kind of how to like take something from kind of point A to point B. Um, and, you know, at, at one point they were um, – the same Democrats were going to remove – their leader, who's in charge of the whole, whole body, John Sampson, and he was very close to Eric Adams. He ended up, he's still in jail um, again. Um, and Adams stuck with him to the end and was sort of certain that, that Sampson had enough votes to remain uh, the leader of the conference, even though it was clear to everyone that he didn't and that they weren't doing anything to get those votes. Um, so I think it's, it's just stuff like that. And, and, you know, and then he would, he sort of would, for lack of a better word, just kind of erratic uh, mm. behavior with like silly press conferences, you know, or initiatives where he would get, try to get, you know, young men to pull their pants off and, and, and things like that. So I've gotten a sense a little bit, um, you know, I wasn't covering Eric Adams when he was in the state Senate, but I have for basically the entirety of his, his time as Brooklyn borough president and the, and the sort of cakewalk race that got him there. This was actually his first real tough race other than the, congressional one you mentioned from back in the early 90s. But, um, you know, it's my impression, impression a little bit that Adams has sort of, um, you know, grown into being an elected official a bit as borough president, started to really get serious about, you know, running for mayor, even though that's always been in the back of his mind. I'm not sure if he's really learned that piece about operationalizing things. I mean, I think as borough president that there's some opportunity for that, but it's it's you know that it's a it's a challenging position that, uh, in some ways to to do much. Um, what's your sense from your reporting on that arc? You know, ha- has he changed since he was a state senator? Um, are we are we getting a little bit of a different Eric Adams if he is the next mayor? I think that is is fair and probably true. Like I think he has he's a lot less of a kind of controversial figure now than he was. When he was um, president, you know, one thing I learned, you know, I didn't get a chance to get into the piece that he really set out, I think, to kind of study the office of the mayor um, and, and held these kind of like mini workshops with people. Um, 
to sort of learn, learn, learn about the job. And I, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if like he, over those eight years, you know, he kind of mellowed um, and, and figured out how, how to do the job. Um, I, I think, I think we're still, seeing, we, we've definitely seen a few instances where he, where he hasn't mellowed, including perhaps, you know, some of the, the speeches he's given on the campaign trail and, and some other things he's, you know, done and said as borough president. So I'm definitely, you know, I, I don't know that we've seen, uh, uh, you know, 180 by any means. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's also done things as borough president, like he's, um, he's gone on long overseas trips. I think they were funded by foreign governments in some cases, you know, kind of sketchy um, overseas, uh, you know, governments. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and like that's sort of an odd sort of thing to do, I think. I mean, he set up this sort of fundraising apparatus, um, kind of similar to the one that Bill de Blasio set up. Where, and again, where it didn't seem like he was – there were sort of clear lines such as are supposed to exist in our, in our sort of campaign finance system and, and other systems um, – set up to monitor these things. So, um, I mean, I think there's, you could, I think you could sort of argue that really either way, that he sort of matured a little bit during his time um, in office or that he's sort of the same guy just with maybe a little bit, you know, less of a spotlight on him. Right, right, right. And now what happened with his uh, primary night party here, this piece, um, you know, which again was a, was a, a, a tough, but to my eyes and many others, you know, fair look at, at some of his patterns of associations and decision-making processes and, and decisions. Um, the, his team and he didn't like it and, and they kept you out of his primary night party. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not the story here, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, well, I think I, it, I, this goes know, to some of the questions that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I am the story, but I like, I, you know, I don't want to be the story. I would like to no, be gone to gone to the election night party. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I RCP'd, I, I, I went, um, and they wouldn't let me in. Um, mm-hmm. I was like sort of walking, um, uh, up the ramp and through the door and, two staffers came out, um, do I know, uh, and told me that there's, you know, no way I'm getting in there. Um, and then started to complain about the story, um, which is, you know, odd. And also to complain about, you know, things in the story that were just kind of part of the public record. I mean, you know, that are kind of, I mean, it's, I don't need to get into it, but like he was involved in all sorts of some sort of, there's an inspector general's report about some of his dealings to, um, bring a new, uh, you know, casino raceway to Queens. And, and so they, they were just, they were mad about things that were like, you just were in the newspaper that got kind of resurfaced, uh, in my story. Um, and then there was another reporter who actually came up just as I was kind of told to leave, uh, named Ralph Barkin and, and, and they wouldn't let him in either. And he's also been critical of, of Adams. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I think that, and we could get into this. I mean, they then denied that that had happened and I think told people there was some kind of spacing issue. Uh, there was no one at the party when I was one of the first people to arrive there. Um, so again, it's like, it's just this sort of issue with the truth um, mm-hmm. that it's just kind of hard to know what to do with. I mean, well, you know, I think between, between, of, yeah, go ahead. No, no, please, you go ahead. No, I was going to say between that as, as sort of just one vignette, but then if you also listen to Eric Adams's remarks, you know, he, he, he spent some of his primary night remarks talking to and about reporters, right? So this, you know, is mm-hmm. clearly a bigger thing than just, 
them not liking your piece or even again you mentioned Ross Barkin you know there, so there's a couple examples right there but then even in his remarks you know his sort of scolding uh reporters during a primary night you know uh I won't call it a victory speech even though it sounded you know close to one but a, a celebratory speech about how well he's doing in the mayoral race he still took some time to sort of scold journalists during it which to me you know sends sends some red flags about uh, things we've known as you as you've gotten that in terms of things, um, you know, the way that he and some some people around him can be hypersensitive to things that are, you know, really just part of the job. Um, and, you know, we've seen some of his reactions to both tough journalism and, and then also other criticism. Uh, David, in our in our last minute here, let me just ask you, uh, zooming back out, what's how do you sort of take away how well Eric Adams did in this, in this race so far though, what's, what sort of, how do you capture that for people and, and what's your big, you know, big picture kind of takeaway of the fact that he's leading this race by so many in-person votes again, could lose in the absentees and the, and the runoff, but, um, and you know, the instant runoff of RCV, uh, but what's your sort of big picture takeaways as to, in terms of his strength in this race? Yeah, I mean, I think Eric Adams, he's like a throwback to a kind of like mid-century, you know, machine coalitional kind of politician. And, and, and that's really what he's done in this race is that he really he really built a sort of working class black and Latino coalition. And he really built it kind of like piece by piece, you know, starting with like, you know, African-American homeowners in central Brooklyn and southeast Queens, you know, and then grabbing, you know, Hispanic voters in the Bronx and Washington Heights, and then, you know, Orthodox Jewish voters in Brooklyn. And it was like a very kind of methodical thing and, and you know, tossing in labor unions and this kind of thing. And so there have been these sort of like different theories of what it takes to win in, in New York City, what New York City politics is all about. And Eric Adams is, is, is this other theory that's about sort of this like return of, you know, kind of coalitional labor uh, based uh, politics. Mm-hmm. Well put. Uh, David Friedlander, thanks so much for the time again, and we'll be looking for your next piece and uh, and talking with you more down the road. You bet. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you.